Do you have a joke? No. No. Quick. Um, fire emblem. What's, what's a good joke from the game? Um, I feel like the, the game had some really funny moments. I don't just don't remember the specifics. The jokes are just like Kellum. You kind of forgot that they existed. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Kellum. Kellum is. Are we gonna go? Kellum is our open joke. I think wow. it's fitting. Yep. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Velvet Room Review. I'm Matthew. And I'm Graham. And we're well on our way into this summer of Nintendo. It's heating up outside, the air conditioners are on, and uh, we just finished playing Fire Emblem. Yes. So, uh, Graham, this was what, your third time through? Third time, I think third, maybe three and a half. Three, three and a half, okay. Yeah. And so is this your first, like, have you played other Final Fire Emblems before this, or? Uh, so... I think I've played other ones, like I played some of the ones on the Game Boy Advance. Okay. Um, the DS one, Shadow Dragon, was the first one that I really got into. Okay. Which I still don't think I ever beat, particularly because my one friend got to the final battle and then left it for me to beat. Okay. And then I never beat it. Okay. Um, sorry about that. And <laughs> yeah, no, so I played a little bit, but you okay. you haven't played... No, this is my first. Okay, and you haven't... I guess your only exposure to Fire Emblem would have been through Smash Bros. Yes, Marth and Roy mm-hmm. in Melee. And then the the most recent characters in Ultimate. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I knew nothing about it. I didn't know how it played or the lore, anything like that at all. So, yeah. 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 So, yeah, what, what, how did you think... What did you think of the game? I thought it was pretty pretty solid like there's some things that i don't i think there's things that i didn't really like but i think that others would really enjoy um but i thought like overall it it accomplished what it set out to do okay um i thought it was actually pretty impressive because for a handheld game there's a lot of content in the game like a lot yeah and there's even more that you didn't see oh i i I don't even think i saw more than like 25 percent yeah, I I would probably wager because I I spent 15 hours playing the game. Yeah, but you have like 50 hour playthroughs. Yeah, I think this one took me about 38 hours. Yeah, and I I got all of the care almost all of the characters, mm-hmm. and I married almost all of the marriable characters. See, it's interesting to me that you've played for 40 hours and almost got all of the characters. Well, yeah, there's like one or two paralogues. Um, after you beat the game, you can actually, um, you can, some of the bo- the like the main characters' antagonists, mm-hmm. you can actually recruit. Really? Like, like, Ballhort and stuff? Yeah. That's awesome. And then if your character's female, they can marry them. What? Yeah. That is crazy. And yeah. then do they have kids? Yeah, they have Morgan. Oh. oh, okay. So the player always has Morgan. Player always has Morgan. Gotcha. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Huh. So, I guess it... I'm interested to see like what you kind of how you felt about like what kind of criticisms you have or like because um, I am at the point where I'm like I'm a I'm a power user of Fire Emblem Awakening. <laughs> okay. So like I know about like growth stats and like did you know that the care the children have different hair colors depending on the father? I kind of figured that. I figured there would be some graphical changes. Yeah. Um, I guess we should probably maybe explain. Oh, yeah. Fire Fire Emblem is a tactical, kind of like grid-based tactical combat game intermingled with dating simulator, yeah. essentially. Um, so you have... You're making other people date. Yes, not yourself. Um, so you have, I would say, what, 60 characters? Yeah, um, yeah, probably. Yeah, um... There's probably like I would say like half of them or like maybe two thirds are set or characters from a present time, and then all the other characters are the children of the characters that you originally start with that you marry up, and yeah. they have kids, and there's like time travel involved. That's great. And so um, you can form relationships with parents and siblings, marry people, friends, all that. So um, you build those relationships by 
teaming up together in combat and um, kind of growing the relationships that way. Uh, the more, the higher the relationship between two characters, the better they're going to perform together in combat. So yeah. it's a tit for tat type thing. It's a great uh, kind of mechanics as metaphor. Like they're growing together as characters in the battle. Yeah. So they're also growing together as people. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll just start with my criticisms. They're not heavy. Um, I, I had never played a Fire Emblem game before. But uh, when I loaded up the game, I said, I want to play casual difficulty. And then I got two options for classic mode and other mode. I don't know what they called it. I, you chose difficulty first and then casual or classic. Right. Okay, so easy difficulty. Yeah. And there's classic and casual mode. Classic mode, um, if you're, if one of your heroes or character dies in battle, they're gone for, for the rest of the game. Yeah. And so that reminded me of a game I used to play when I was a kid called... Uh, the Lord of the Rings, the third age for the Game Boy Advance. Great game. I actually downloaded an emulator and played it in subsequence with this. So, okay. Uh, that was fun. Um, where you can have a mode called Sauron mode, where if your heroes die, you don't have them anymore. Hmm. So I was kind of basing my assumption of the game of like, okay, so I'll have heroes and then subunits. Okay. Because the game, the Lord of the Rings game plays exactly like this game. It's grid-based tactical. And like you have, two or three heroes on your team. The rest are all like just random soldiers okay. that are disposable. So my, my first, I guess, complaint would be, I don't know how it's possible to, to, play classic? To, to play classic and succeed. See, that's one of the things that really, like I wanted to like the earlier ones. Yeah. But it was hard because I can remember getting halfway through a battle and then a unit dies and then I just restart the Game Boy. Cause yeah. Because like what I what I played maybe five chapters and I realized like I've lost half my characters, and in tactical based shooter or not shooters but tactical based games like this, it's like chess. You have to make sacrifices sometimes. You have to draw the enemy away so that somebody else can sneak in and get the boss or complete the objective. So it's like it was. I don't know. It was. It's almost like penalizing you for being aggressive in a way. Mm-hmm. I guess that was probably the point. But um, I, I, what I found after five chapters was like I had a team of like ten characters that were higher level and could probably survive. And then I would lose two or three in one go um, or one mission. And then the next mission I was severely under under equipped to handle it. Yeah. And so after that, after probably three hours of that, I said I'm going to restart. Um, I think that was a good thing. I think so as well. So on casual mode, which is new to the franchise with this edition, they just don't die. Um, they just retreat. They just retreat. Um, and so you never lose any of your characters. Um, my other... So that would be one critique, is that classic mode a little bit too unrelenting. I think there needs to be a balance there. I mean, just... I guess only for the instance that like all the characters that you're controlling are named characters that matter and have impact. Yeah. If it was just if you had other random units in there, I think like you could play more strategically. Which I think just to add on to that, like in the older games, because there there was a basically what would happen when you got a character was they would they would show up on the map or whatever, and you go talk with them, and they give a little blurb or whatever, and that kind of gets their personality across. Okay. And then um, and then that was it. And then they never speak for the rest of the game. So they didn't matter. Didn't matter as much. So I like I can remember in in the very first um, in the in Shadow Dragon, which was a remake of the first game, the very first Fire Emblem game. Okay. Um, you get Bored and Cord and Barst. Um, which okay. if you played Smash Ultimate at all, you probably they're a sticker. They're a whatever spirit okay um that let you build bridges oh yeah they, yeah 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 yeah. they're the three axe guys yeah of course so yeah in that game you you get they're like hi i'm bo- i'm cord i'm bored i'm burst and then that's it and then they're you just have three axe guys and so they're just they're ultimate like they're pretty disposable feeling okay that's interesting that kind of, i think that would kind of change things a little bit because there's not that connection there yeah but when you form connections with characters and then yeah so there's also in those games if you lost too many characters, uh-huh. um, there would be extra missions that you could play to get more. Yeah, would that happen in this game? No. Oh, so next complaint. <laughs> uh, 
I, I was really getting frustrated, particularly early on, whenever your player character named Robin dies or the other main character of the game, Crom, dies, you fail. Yes. And so I was... And most of the time you have to bring Crom. You don't have to bring Robin. I don't think yeah. ever you have to bring him. So, like, I was leading Robin behind, leaving Crom just kind of in the backfield, and then they were getting really underleveled. Yeah. So I eventually learned, okay, I got to level these guys up because I have to have to live with them so that was a little frustrating at times like i'd get down to the boss and then the boss would kill crom mm. and then i have to start over and do 20 minutes of work so yeah. because i didn't save mid-battle like i should have so um this is gonna sound a little weird there's too many characters there are a lot of characters um there's just too many too many to realistically balance and and utilize like I I used half of them and the rest I didn't touch at all because yeah a you're trying to build relationships b you want to capitalize on those relationships for the story missions because they have the better bonuses so. yeah yeah no no absolutely there are like this is my third fourth playthrough and I only just like there are still some units that I haven't really used yeah. Yeah. Um, like I only just this this playthrough started using like Tharja, which you didn't. I killed her. You killed her. Um, Sorry. It's, it happens. <laughs> um, but like and different combinations, and like this playthrough was the one that I really tried to go hard on getting all the the children. Yeah. Um, so I I actually had to use most of the characters. You don't have to use. There's three extra guys. Um, but um yeah there are like yeah there are so many characters that it is a lot hard to track keep track of i can keep track of them because i've played 100 hours of it now yeah but yeah it's it's you kind of you kind of get your team that you you know and you like yeah and you know like this this couple works well together and stuff like that yeah and i mean like i could probably name most of the characters in my party but yeah. like I didn't use a, do- a dozen of them. I used Callum through almost the entire game. Awesome. I'm like, I need this man. And then he got underleveled, but we'll get to that later. So, um, yeah, those are my probably the biggest two ones uh, that I had. I didn't pick up on the fact at first that pairing together them together was so important. Yeah. So I would say like the first ten chapters, I barely paired them together at all. Yeah. And that kind of set me back. So, I mean, all, all you have to do is a bit of grinding to, to kind of fix that up. But Which is nice that you can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that they give you lots of optional missions to do and ways of, like, doing random combat levels. So, that was yeah. nice. Um, it took me a while to figure out, like, the inventory system and, oh, my goodness, I just started the mission and Frederick has no weapons. He's absolutely useless to me. Oh my I'm goodness, a dum-dum. So, that, you know, that... You kind of learn by playing. So I didn't really have a problem with that. There were a couple of things that frustrated me. Um, I didn't realize that you couldn't marry everybody with everybody. So, like, I oh, okay, had two characters yeah. together for a couple missions. I'm like, they don't ever, they can't form a, a support or a bond. Yeah. Um, then I was trying to get Kellum together with Olivia. And Olivia is, like, this dancer who can inspire you to have a character to move again. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't increase their relationship but i didn't realize that until five hours after having them pair together for every single mission so they yeah. didn't get anywhere and then i just decided to drop Kelly. oh so that's okay now i understand because if you have olivia dance with someone she and the person she dances with get a tr- like hearts but not her partner yeah that's okay now i understand yeah because then i would always pair up olivia with callum and then olivia would always fall back you know yeah to get boosting people whoever's up. behind boost them up so callum got no action was under leveled and then like no no relationship gain there so it was a little disheartening but yeah you know things like that but other than that like it was a it was a good story the characters yeah. that guys know i liked um i didn't realize it was going to be so dark it is a little dark. It's pretty dark. Like, it's not a happy-go-lucky game. No, like... Really. Um, people die. And yeah. Like... Like, the world ends, essentially. Because and, and, yeah. there's, like, an alternate timeline where 
the children's basically come from the worst future. Yeah, where like the evil wins and like all the innocent people are slaughtered. And you get to see that. Yeah. Kind of. And I actually love that. Um, so like the children, you got to unlock a few of the children, right? Yep. I probably 10. Of the children? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Maybe not that many. But um, I, I, I find it so cool because I feel like that's a... Um, obviously, it's a something that doesn't come up very often of the children coming back and just having conversations with their parents that died. Yeah, it's very cash. Yeah. Um, but, like, some of the characters, like, in their interactions with each other, like, um, Severa, I don't know if you unlocked her... Um, so. well, Severa and Jerome. Um, I did look at your file briefly and <laughs> see what characters you Sev- I don't know Severa or Jerome. Okay, you didn't have either of them, but they both have, like, they're like, I don't necessarily want to get too close to you because I know that you died. Hmm. And, like, that's, I don't know, it's it's a an element of, like, a story that I haven't really heard before, and I found it really interesting to explore. Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. I, I do wish I had figured out more about, like, how important marrying your characters was prior to when the game does it for you. Because Krom is forced to marry whoever has the he has the highest relationship with. Yeah. And for me, he only had one relationship level with one person, and that was Sully. Yeah. Which was fine. And then I clued in, oh, this is important, and I should look into this, so. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting, because I don't think they hyped that up very much before launch. Yeah, and like I would say, like the tutorials aren't. I mean, I hate tutorials. I really do. I always find like they're so in your face. But like this one, it was very, very passive. Yeah, very very passive. And so, I mean, that's my own fault for not paying closer attention. I think. But, yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I I did like I didn't want to overload you with tips. Um, yeah. Before we started. Like, yeah. I also kind of. I wanted to see. I didn't want to spoil the the fact that marriage was a possibility in the game, right? Because um, that's how I. It wasn't spoiled for me, and I right. kind of wanted for sure. to see how that went. But I almost wish I had told you about like the pair up system or like. I think you did try and stress like I think a, I did try to. Yeah, I said like pairing up is really important, but yeah, it's it's I, one I, of those things that you don't get until you. Yeah, I I didn't see it from like a tactical perspective because I thought. I'm cutting my number of units in half. Didn't realize that, like, once the supports are strong enough, like, you will attack, and then your partner might attack, and then you might attack again, or you might be protected from damage. There's a lot of benefits to pairing up. Yeah. Which now I know. So, yeah. Like in my in the final battle, all of my units were, like, at max support levels with each other, and um, like, I don't know if they took any damage. Wow. In the final battle? Yeah. Wow. They were also, like, killing all the units in one to two hits. But. Yeah. Another thing I had to learn the hard way is, like, using the master seal or the second seal is that very is important. very complicated. It took me a long time to figure that I out. I didn't find it to be that complicated. Well, the second seal system. What is the second seal system? I only ever use master seal. Okay, so second seal, you can change a unit from uh, one class to, like, a, a completely different class. So, like, you can make Kellum a, a cleric. Really? Okay. Or, so, there's there's a couple benefits to it. You get the skills. Like, the, like, Kellum, like, uh, cleric has miracle, which there's a percent chance that they won't die at a, a death blow. Okay. Um, and so, like, there's skills which really don't start getting good until the advanced classes... And then, but there's the added benefit of if you reset down to like, because it resets your level down to one. Um, yes. Of whatever class you're at. But not your stats. But not your stats. Yeah, that's what I loved. Yeah. And so it helps a lot with if a unit feels like they're too weak or like they feel like um, they're just not getting enough oomph from their like leveling up or whatever. Yeah. You can You can put them back at the bottom and have them rise back up and they mm-hmm. end up being really powerful that way yeah yeah so yeah that that was something that i only really started to get into this playthrough really yeah second seal or just master seal in general 
second seal. Okay. Master seal is like you critical. Just, you just get them up to twenty or whatever, and, and then, then you, you do it again. Yeah, yeah. That's basically all I did. Yeah. Very useful. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, this this game I went into. I did the second ceiling. Um, I did a little bit of min maxing with um, skills. I did like I tried to figure what skills I wanted to pass on to the children. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Exactly. You're saying words to me, man. I know that's that's the thing about this game. It's ridiculous, actually, the level of depth that it provides. And like that's not even getting into the the whole tactical aspect of it. Like, yeah. what units do you put where? How do you use choke points? How do you like? <laughs> I I just moved all my guys together and we kill people. Yeah, which that's a very effective strategy, for the most part. Like, toward the end, I was just kind of bulldozing because I yeah. grinded a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, but the game has some like some maps, particularly near the end, where it's it's pretty difficult. Like yeah. enemies just keep coming and they and they spawn on the sides of you. Like, the, one of the last missions, you basically, you know, you have to kill the boss. The boss is right straight ahead of you, but you're surrounded by, on all sides by enemies, and you just have yeah. to make your whole team just move forward and try and get to the boss before, you know, you get bombarded. Yeah. So it was a really interesting, like, okay, who am I going to leave behind to fend these guys off, and yeah. who am I going to push forward to hopefully take out the boss? Because I could leave Krom undefended, or defend it with a couple of, like, three people, and send all my cavalry forward. But maybe my cavalry is not enough to take out. Yeah, like the twelve guys up top. Up top and the boss. Yeah. So it was it was pretty interesting, like you know, making those decisions. So that's generally what I did. I normally sent my cavalry forward, kept everybody else back. Generally, but if there, if it was like just go kill the boss. Yeah. So, but one thing I found was like, and this might just be my error is like, v- Virion was my only archer. Okay. That I ever found. Ever. Yeah, he's the only one. There's one that's a child. One of the children is an archer. Right. But he is... It's one of those things where it's... you. There's so many characters in the game, but at the same time, there's not enough characters. Because, yeah, no, he's the only archer. But he's awesome. He's great. I used him every mission. And he got really good. But, like, I was a little frustrated that I couldn't have more artillery if you will other than robin like robin and him were the only people that could attack from a distance i guess your mages died no you i just didn't use them uh, so that's one thing where second ceiling is a thing that you could have done true like if um i don't know if kellum could turn into an archer i just know he couldn't turn into a cleric but hmm. that would have been interesting thing where um like because i definitely would have probably utilized that because i was like very heavy on the cavalry with my team yeah like, I had Sully, Frederick, Stahl, Shearshi, uh, Cordelia. Yeah. So I had five cavalry units and my, like, 10 or 12-person team. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's um, it's cool how the game does offer you. If you do want to play more towards, like, having a lot of archers or something, you, you can do that to a point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like you said, it's a pretty intricate game that if you're not really paying attention, you can miss out on a lot of things or get confused. So, like, I would say after, like, six hours of playing, like, I, I really started to, like, all right, I got you. I understand how this works. I understand that some characters can use some weapons and not others. Mm-hmm. And the weapon triangle. You know, and... managing my inventory is important every couple of missions. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of picked it up and I, I really enjoyed it. Um yeah, I thought the story was pretty good. It remind it was kind of Game of Thronesy, actually. Yeah, I, I felt like like that. I don't know, like the medieval, like this house versus this house, and yeah. this is the betrayal, and this is call the banners to arms type thing. So, um, I would say like the section in, in Balm. That was probably one of the weaker parts of the game. Which it was too bad because like it had it had potential, but there was like some convolu- con- convolution with, like, the, the evil Seiri and, like, her brother, and then there was that mage who, to me, it seemed like was mind-controlling people, but apparently wasn't mind-controlling anybody, and then, like, the rebellion turned against you and then turned against back for you at the very end, um, and, like, at one point, they're like, your army's dead, and then Robin's like, 
let's split up the army and we're going to ha- do this. And like, it works out. And it's like, I don't know. It was these weird series of events that like seemingly were disastrous for your team, but everything worked out just fine. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. That's a good synopsis of it. Yeah. And so I like, and, and I guess that, that was the part that confused me. Cause like, I was like, okay, the rebellion turned against us clearly. And that, and that maid showed up at the same time as the rebellion turning against you. So I thought oh, okay. clearly this man is influencing these people. Okay. But it maybe not. And then Sairi's brother, Fenye, I thought, okay, same thing. He's brainwashed. Turns out he was just being blackmailed. Basically. But, um... Manipulated, kind of. Yeah, which is fine. But... And then you kill Walhart. Walhart. But he was cool. He was a cool antagonist. Like, he seemed menacing. He kills Basilio, or or so you think. And so you think, wow, this guy's like really powerful yeah but it was interesting like the 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 whole reason you go into war is because like Vom's gonna come and conquer elise and they're gonna swarm us yeah and then you just go there and you just stop them you just kill everybody like you invade them yeah it's essentially what happens and so i thought that was interesting yeah but yeah no it was there's a lot of twists and turns but i felt like overall it was a like um a simple enough story to follow which i liked yeah i mean there's some mystery there's some intrigue um good stuff with the risen and yeah which i felt like never really got covered but didn't really need to like you kind of okay the risen are from the future along with the children oh yeah yeah that's how i summed it up um but like the big thing for me was like and I, I might have missed it, but at some point you you find out, hey, there's another Robin. There's a duplicate Robin. And I, I guess at some point you figure out that this bad guy is your father. Yeah. I, I must have missed it. The only reason I figured out about it is because I lo- accidentally read it on the Wikipedia. And then a okay. couple missions later they reference it. And I'm like, I, I don't <laughs> remember hearing that. Yeah. Which is fine. I don't have an issue with that. But then, I, like... There's a mission with him where you're near the end where you're finally defeating him. And it's like, wait a minute. Wasn't there another me somewhere? Like, it shows up very briefly mid-game and then doesn't show up again to the end of the game. Yeah. So The, the ending kind of... That's, that's one thing that confuses me just about every time. Is, like, how we get from, like, where we are to, okay, now we're fighting on the back of Grandma. Yeah, it happens very quickly. Yeah. So the game opens, it's you and Krom fighting your father, and, like, you defeat him, and then your father manipulates you into killing Krom. Yeah. And then you wake up with no memories. So that's clearly a flash forward. And so, and then at the end of the game, that happens again in that same sequence. And so, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I figured, like, it would have been, like, the duplicate me that killed Krom, or something like that. And then you realize... This has all been the the master, your master plan yeah. from like ten chapters ago, and Basilio is not really dead, even though he was supposed to die. And the fire emblem, which is essentially like an affinity gauntlet, basically, pretty much, um, like it has five gems, and the gems that we put in the fire emblem are fake, and I've got the real ones. There was that portion, and I was really confused about that because like it was really, really glossed over because. At the end of the day, they still get the fire emblem and the real gems. No, they don't. Yeah, uh, no, they use the fire emblem to wait to, to wait to defeat Nagi. Grima. Oh, to wait Nagi. Na- Nagi. But here's the thing. Okay, so like the player character, his whole role in the game is like, and in, in the plot is the the vessel for Grima. Yeah. Okay. So after you defeat your father, you realize you didn't really kill Krom. You like weaken the blow to trick him. It's like, you did it, you won! And then your duplicate shows up, and it's like, it doesn't matter. I'll be the vessel again, because I'm from the future. And I was like, if you're from the future, and you can be the vessel, why did you not do this years ago? Like, you don't need the new Robin. You need the... No, you don't need the present Robin, you need the future Robin. Time travel. (laughs) Time travel. I mean, like, that's just... it It worked perfectly well, like, 
as it was happening. Like, I wasn't like, what's going on? Yeah. It was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, they planned it out. That was kind of cool. But you just kind of think, like... Well, hmm, you think back and you're like... That don't make no sense. No. <laughs> but, yeah. And then I would agree, like, the last section of the game is very rushed. It's like, okay, Grima is like this evil fell... They call fell him Fell Dragon. Dragon, who's like immortal. He's back, ready to blow up the world. The future's happening. And then you go to Nagi, and you perform the Awakening, which happens very casually. Yeah, you just kind of, okay, time to get up. Yeah, and then you go on, Grima's back, and you kill him. Yeah. Which is, like, I, I found, like, the game was working in acts. Like, the first act yeah. um, is the first war, and then Emerin dies... And then the second act is the second war, and you defeat Wallhorde. And then the third act is, I felt like, probably could have been a little bit extended. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is the shortest act. Yeah. Like Which I guess it's supposed like, to be. The first act is like 12 or 13 chapters. Ba- chapters. And then the second act is like another 8 or 9. Yeah. And then it's like 5. Yeah. So... Yeah. I have another complaint that I just thought of. Okay. So, like, there's a lot of text bubbles that pop up, and it's like, oh, hey, Robin, how you doing? But the dialogue doesn't match up with the text bubbles. Okay. And so it's like, oh, what? Or like, huh? But it's like, I it really, really frustrated me. Okay. Because it was like, most of the time they were like, <laughs> and they were like laughing about something that's not really funny. Okay. I don't know. It felt like just kind of out of it. Like where is with like Persona, they do the, that exact same thing. But like for, I found for this time, every time a new speech bubble appeared, they're making some sort of noise. Sound. So like, I think like if some had been dot voiceover and some had been like, more like, hmm, ah, uh, huh? Like they would say actual words like, okay, or I see, I understand. And it was like, it really threw my brain for a loop. Okay. Because I'm a subtitle guy. Like, whenever I watch anything, I need subtitles. And so seeing text and, like, hearing a different audio line distracted me. That's interesting. So. I. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. It didn't, it didn't bother me too much, personally. Mm-hmm. But, that like, sometimes they would speak the lines. Yeah. And then you, you skip it because <laughs> you don't realize that they're saying the lines. Yeah. Yeah, so eventually I just, like, started playing with the sound off. I actually played while I was watching a Netflix show, so. Okay. But paused it when I wanted to read the dialogue, and then resumed it when I was in combat, so. Yeah. Yeah, and then the game ends, like, it's interesting. They give you a couple instances of, like, player choice. I'm not really sure if it matters or not. At the end, you're like, you can have Robin kill Grima, and since the only way for Grima to die is for Grima to do it to himself, the logic is, since Robin is Grima's vessel, Robin can hurt Robin. But it'll destroy new Robin. It's like The Incredibles. Sure. I don't remember that film, so okay. I'll take your word for it. Um, I mean, it makes logical sense, sort of. Um, and so that's what I chose to happen. I chose yeah. to end Grima once and for all. And then Robin dies. Yeah. They make they make this passing comment, though. And um, I want to ask you, because you're, you're an expert, of like, if your bonds are strong enough, you might survive. Yeah. But it's very unlikely. Is there a true ending where Robin is confirmed to be alive? Was there no post credit scene for you? <coughs> Excuse me. There was. But it was very ambiguous. Because here's my thing. After you die, all your characters that you've recruited say something like, I know you're still out there, Robin. Yeah. I would much have preferred they say, I will never forget you because mm. I clearly sacrificed myself. And like, I knew I wasn't going to come back Okay. because I knew my bonds weren't strong enough. So I think it would be a better ending if I did form enough strong bonds, whatever that metric is. Yeah. I actually don't know if there's like a metric or something. Cause I've never, cause ba- there's a, there's basically a post credit scene that implies that you're alive. Yeah. Which is you, you wake up at the field again. Um, and like they're talking, like it's the same kind of dialogue as the very first yeah. time you wake up, and at the end he says, "Welcome back." I don't know. 
It didn't resonate with me. Okay. That's interesting. Which is, it's doubly interesting because Lisa was my wife. Or Lisa was my wife. Yeah. And so, like, I thought they were just calling back to the first time you woke up. Or, like, it was it was kind of like, time to play again type, type oh, post-credit okay. scene. So it's like, I no, don't know. It was a little changed. I guess so. Maybe I didn't pick up on it. But I... I I just don't like the ambiguity, I guess. Okay. I would have preferred them confirm one way, or if there's a true ending, I would have preferred that. I like I like true endings. I like. Okay. I like. No, that no, I agree. I would have liked the fact that if you played more than I did, that you would have got a better ending or a, a more better ending than I did. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I pers- That's all. I personally really like bittersweet, ambiguous endings. So. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with bittersweet, like. It's just, I guess, the, the the confusing part for me was that the game makes a point of saying, you might survive. True. And if you didn't pick up on that in the in the post credit scene, it would seem a little empty. Yeah. But so one thing I really loved is during the credits of the game, which everybody skips, so you might as well put something interesting in them. They, they gave you a little, like, <laughs> after the war, Crom did this, and I loved it. I was like, it's this great. is awesome. They gave you a good paragraph of like what Crom and his wife did, what these wife, what these people did. It's very interesting. I really liked it. So, yeah, no, that was it's extremely memorable because it makes it just one more thing that makes the characters feel like people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely for sure. Like Virion, for example, he goes back to his home country and is like mocked forever. Yeah, but like he saved the world, and to me that really like. Like, rung home. Like, yeah, Virion was a coward and, like, kind of a goofball. But, like, nobody knows the good that he did. They just remember him for walking out. Yeah. So he did something not honorable, but has done a bunch honorable and yeah. still gets crap for it. Yeah, no, it's yeah. interesting. So. And um, the, depending on if they're married or not, they'll have slightly different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess this that that sort of ending separates something like this from like Mass Effect Three, whereas like okay. Mass Effect Three you get no answers, you get no like you get nothing. It's very cut and dry. Like, like here's your ambiguous ending. You don't get to know about any of the characters that you care about. What happened to them years later? Nothing. This it's like okay, you know, remember Kellum and his wife? They had kids and they disappeared, or like. Yeah. You know, remember Frederick, who you used through every single mission in the entire game? He had a great life. It's like, yeah, he did. Like, awesome. Like, just that, like, yeah. here's the ending to the story that you invested your time in. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it provides kind of, yeah, the closure and, like, rewards your investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I liked, um, like, the lore is pretty easily presented. And, yeah. like, you didn't really need to know a lot. I don't know if it references any of the previous games. A little bit. Like, Lucina calls herself Marth for a little bit. Um, Marth is the hero king of legend that was in the very first game. So who was Roy? He's from one of the Game Boy Advance games. Oh, so they're not even connected. Marth and Roy. They're extremely loosely connected. <laughs> okay. Like, I think it's one of those things where, like, there are events in history, but they're, like, thousands of years apart. Gotcha. Which is kind of interesting to the Manakeets. So, like, Tiki? Do you remember Tiki? No. The, the bigger Manakeet? I even... What's a Manakeet? The, what now he is. The dragon guys. I never met Tiki. She's the one that you awake. Oh. Well, oh, right, 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 right. And right, she's right. like, Marmar, or whatever. Okay. Oh, she, she right. She, she she does recognize. She does make comments to Marth. Yeah, to yeah to Lucina. about Marth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I she was that. in the first game with Marth. Oh, that's kind of cool. So like, there there are little connections here and there. That's kind of cool. Ike was from the GameCube. There's a game on the GameCube. Path Ike? of Radiance, I think. Who's or Radiant Ike? Dawn. Did I meet Ike? Oh no, he's in Smash Bros. Right. Okay. I thought he was in Pit Kid Icarus. That's Pit. <laughs> okay. They have three letters in them. Yeah, Ike, Pit. I'm, yeah. Rob. Rob. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah so Lucina's obviously from this game. Robin's from this game. 
and then Corin is from the next game. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're taking over that Fire Emblem, or the Smash Brothers roster, so... I think I think that actually probably now that I think about it would be probably pretty difficult for me if I went to like the next one, like if I were to play the new Fire Emblem game that's coming out. It's like okay, I don't know any of these characters. You'd have to learn like learn them again and like. Well, like I don't. I guess I don't recognize them. Like when I think of like Legend of Zelda, okay, like I I really like those games because the lore and the mythology and that you know, I I maybe it's just me. Like I really like the idea of like things are cyclical it's like the events happening in sequence again and so it's like new game and nah none of those people matter anymore yeah so no that is that's definitely true like i played the the next game in the series birthright um yeah and i didn't it's just kind of like there's none of my old friends there i think that was probably the biggest problem with mass effect andromeda for me was that like so much of the original trilogy if you will is just like it's the people dropped. Well, it's the it's the people, and like, I guess I'm not saying like I want all my characters back again, but like, for example, like Tiki being from the original games, like that's kind of cool. Like, bringing back a character that is in this instance like immortal, but yeah, like bringing back like familiar faces, I find it helps you reconnect with the game, and so hmm. I I think that would probably be hard for me. Like, now that I really like Krom and Lucina and Frederick and, like, these characters that I care about, it's like, why would I go play Fire Emblem Three Houses? Is that what, okay, yeah. that's what it's called? Other than it looks cool. I don't know if it does look cool. I haven't seen any trailers for it, so. Yeah. But, yeah. No, so. it's valid. And maybe that's just my, like, fanboy-focused mind of, like, just give me the same again and again and again and again okay so i don't know i think fire Emblem's only done a direct sequel once that i can remember yeah i think that was on the gamecube yeah hmm. i think it's like path of radiance radiant dawn yeah but, i don't know I, I i i really liked it so i would recommend this game for sure oh yeah absolutely i would as well so i again like i appreciate that nintendo put out something pretty dark i mean it's interesting, as I get older, I'm finding I don't like, or I don't appreciate sad things, or like okay. disturbing things. Like, like there's an instance with a flashback with Lucina where like, the resin are attacking the castle and like, killing innocents, I'm like, this is upsetting me. Okay. And I'm not sure if it's because like, as I get older, like, I become more empathetic, or as I became a father, I'm much more empathetic now, but it's like... Ten years ago, that wouldn't have phased me at all, and I've seen much worse stuff. Like, hmm. I watched Game of Thrones. I've seen much worse stuff than this. It's just like, I- I'm finding now, I'm like, I just want to play happy, fun games. <laughs> you will like Kirby's Epic Yarn, then. <laughs> okay, good. Yay. <laughs> yeah, so. Huh, interesting. I don't know. I'm just finding, like, I'm finding that across all media. It's like, I'm... You're more inclined I'm, I'm to... kind of, like, done with depressing or disturbing. Okay. So. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know whether I necessarily share the same sentiment. Yeah. At where I'm at in my life. But um, it's interesting. And I don't know because maybe it, it could be perhaps like. I think that's very popular right now. I think in popular culture that has been heavily popularized by Game of Thrones of like this incredibly terrible well, yeah, thing that happened and it changes everything yeah. yeah yeah um so yeah i don't know yeah i i guess i i, I guess i kind of grew up in like or or my upbringing was like everything's gonna be right at the end of the day like okay. it's like superman it's perfect and it's the golden age and you know the heroes are gonna win and everybody everything's gonna be okay yeah. And everything everything wrong is to be put back to right. And that doesn't always happen in In life. In life and in their media. So Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Like I think I'm thinking of like Avengers right now. Like everything didn't go back to normal. Like there was still a loss and consequence. So Yeah. Yeah. But Yeah. I mean, I don't know why I got off on that tangent. That was like one scene that happened in this game. 
Yeah. Well, it does honestly deal with some pretty difficult topics. It, yeah. Like, especially getting into the stuff with the children. Like, yeah, that was there. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, just just from a conceptual point of view, it's they all they all like saw their parents die. Yeah. And then decided to made a really difficult choice to go back in time and try to prevent it but they're there and their their world is ending again and their parents are potentially dying again yeah particularly like lucina like she yeah. really takes well, that figurehead forward because she's like one of the main characters so yeah like when emeron dies mm. and lucina's like oh no this is like she even tries to kill you at one point yeah that was interesting yeah yeah and i and i thought like i think that's like that's kind of that's that's kind of where they were going where like you can't change fate like things are going to happen the way they happen mm-hmm. but at the end of the day that's not what it was all about we can change our fate yeah it, yeah essentially mm-hmm. yeah can, so yeah. and i think that that comes up with time travel often it's like yeah there's there's a time travel media also often deals with the idea of like are you really in control mm. yeah like can like are your actions truly having an influence on how the world works yeah well like even like it's pretty clear to me that like it's an alternate universe that lucina yeah and her friends came from like that's not the future anymore so therefore it's an alternate universe because it all had to happen yeah but that's a whole other multiverse conversation to have <laughs> so yeah it's interesting i like that they didn't get too muddled with the time travel it's just like no yeah me and some friends came back they never explain it <laughs> they're never like so how but it's fine it works out no no one it works out just fine it doesn't need to be explained necessarily yeah so yeah i guess uh what one kind of interesting thing so my first my first playthrough of it mm-hmm. um i played as a female robin and i didn't know um about the whole marriage thing so me like my character and crom were always paired up and they ended up marrying each other Mm -hmm. and it was actually a really interesting dynamic between them and lucina and the way the plot like i feel like i was a lot more connected to the plot because those characters were so intertwined Hmm. which i found interesting this time i had sumia marry crom okay and she shows up once as Sumia? Yeah. Really? Like, like in terms of as Krom's wife, she's in one, maybe two scenes. Okay. Yeah, that adds up to me. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. So That's very interesting actually. Yeah. Like when Lucina is like trying to kill you, there's the like added tension. Tension of like there's a familial bond. Yeah. Very interesting. I had that a little bit because I was her uncle. Okay. Very interestingly. Oh yeah, you can marry Lucina. Yeah, you can marry you any can, of the any kids. Any of the characters. That's yeah. Morgan can actually be a third generation character. Wait, how? Run that by me. Because you can marry one of the children, and then have a child with them. So. Oh, right. So like. So like, male. So male, Robin marries Lucina. Morgan is. Yeah. Crom's grandchild. Yes. Do they reference that in the support? Well, they get around it by having Morgan be an amnesiac. Okay. So they don't really reference it. That's so... um... But like you... Yeah, like Crom... Yeah, so you can be like Lucina's... Like... Cousin? Nephew? Niece? Who? From what bond? Well, like Crom... Or you can be like... So, if Krom and Sumia have a kid, it's Lucina. And then you... And Lucina. Or someone and Lissa have a kid. And then you marry one of the kids. You could be Lucina's, like, step... Stepdad. Or something... Stepdad. Yeah, stepdad. Or, like... No, no, no. Father-in-law. Father-in-law? Yeah. Your kid marries Krom's kid. You're then Lucina's father-in-law. Yeah. But your kid it, can't because it's a girl. Well, you may have a male. 
It's the opposite of whatever you chose. Oh, so if you're a female... You get a male Robin. Oh, so you'd be the mother-in-law. Yeah. And then Morgan and Lucina can marry and have a child? They can't have a child. Oh, okay. They can't, it doesn't go any further than that. Right, Morgan's the only one. Awesome. Mor- Morgan's the only one that can be a third generation. Oh, this is, hurts my head. <laughs> <laughs> this is how deep I've gotten. <laughs> this is how far down the rabbit hole I've gone. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think I feel like we've pretty thoroughly explored. I don't feel like I've explored the game at all. I feel like I need to go play for another twenty that's hours. That's what. Oh, that's another thing I just love. There's so much replay value. That and that's to me when you when you find a game with, it's when you know you have a game with a lot of care put into it, where like you could play through the whole game, feel like I experienced a good chunk. And then realize, I didn't even scratch the surface. Yeah, like, there's all the children and all the support conversations you can have. Yeah. Which I can and have spent hours just grinding out conversations. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, and then there's all the the DLC and there's... Yeah, the spot pass connectivity and stuff. Yeah. It's truly an unending game. Like, it could pretty much go on forever, so... And, like, I think I I mentioned it to you briefly, but, like, how this could have been the last Fire Emblem game. Mm-hmm. But it sold really well. But they put the, this care into it. Yeah. And, like, the... They didn't just ship it out the door quick. Yeah, like, the casual it. mode and the focus yeah. on the conversations and... Yeah. How would you rate this game? Oh, you could go. No question. Okay. But that's, that's my opinion. What would you say? Um... I'm gonna give it a Nauto. Oh, okay. Because I feel like it has like that tacticity. Uh, to me, like Nauto really reminds me of Lucina. Okay. So I I make that connection. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, play it. No, definitely. Oh, don't buy it. You don't buy it new though. This game is seven years old and still fifty dollars on the Nintendo eShop on the 3DS. So. Yeah, if you can contact Graham, he'll email it to you. No, I won't. <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's still worth playing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like it's, I don't feel like it's a game that's going to age poorly. Um, I, I don't, I would agree. I think because it's a handheld game, you, I think your standards are kind of low already. And then it pleasantly surprises you with the amount of content that's there. Um, and graphically it looks nice and. So, yeah, pick yeah. it up. Yeah, definitely. Give it a shot. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, next week, we'll be going over Donkey Kong. Is it Donkey Kong Country Returns or Donkey yes. Kong Returns? Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong Country, Country Returns. returns. Um, and by next week, I mean two weekends, two weeks from now. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so if you like the podcast, please um, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Give us a review on uh, iTunes. That's uh, really helpful for us. And feel free to send in any suggestions um, for games or topics to one of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, It's all there. And as well, always please tell your friends, unless you don't like them, and then you don't have to talk to them on our account. Please don't. Okay. Good night. Good night.